All right, all right, okay, okay. What is up, everybody? It is LJ Talks Facts right here. Gonna spit some facts, like always, of course. Hope you guys are enjoying your Sunday afternoon. I'm doing, you know, I'm doing not too bad, to be honest. It's another beautiful day in the Bronx. It's another beautiful day outside today. I got some really beautiful fall weather, which is the way I like it, to be honest. You know, not too hot, not too cold. Just, it's perfect. But we know we got fucking winter coming up in two months, and... Oh, I ain't ready for that shit, I'll tell you that much. Oh my gosh. But I hope you guys are doing great today. This is a reminder that I will be talking to you guys tomorrow, reviewing my Dallas Cowboys versus New England Patriots. That game's in two hours. Hopefully my Dallas Cowboys can win their fifth straight game. And then, of course, on Tuesday, I'll talk to you guys with my Week 7 predictions of the 2021 NFL season. Should be fun. Hopefully I'll be in a good mood tomorrow as well. I mean... I'm pretty confident about today's game. You know, we haven't beat the Patriots since 96. So it'll be it'll be interesting to see what happens. Hopefully we can pull it out and get our fifth straight win. And I believe we will, though. I believe we will. All right, but let's get right into AEW Dynamite. Last night was a crazy show. Like, at times I was fucking smiling. Like, it just, it just came on right there during the show. It came on during, like, the trios match between the Super Click and the Dark Horde. Like, I just started smiling. I'm like, oh, my God, this is fucking great. I swear, it's just, you know, AEW really does make me feel good, to be honest. It's like, if you're ever feeling down, you got to watch AEW. You just do. It'll definitely make you happy. So all the action, everything. Last night was so fun. And this is the third time they've been on Saturday night. And I would have to say this is their best Saturday night episode. I don't know if next week will top it. You know, it could. I'm not too sure. But this week was really good. This is a really good Saturday night episode. It really was good. Feels like old-fashioned, too, seeing wrestling on a Saturday night. But let's start off with the first match. Malachi Black versus Dante Martin. I gotta say, Malachi Black made Dante Martin look like a fucking star. Like, holy shit. This kid, Dante Martin, who's only 20 years old, my God. Just, my God. When he goes in the ring, it's, like, breathtaking right there. It's just, like, it's it's just amazing what he does. It really is. But him and Malachi put on a really good match. It was a fun match to start off Dynamite. The shit Dante was doing, you know, and fucking Malachi. Just, he, you know, he made him look like a fucking, he made him look like a fucking star. He really did. You know, give it two or three years, Dante Martin's going to be a champion. Whether it's a tag team champion or TNT champion, possibly could be world champion. Because a lot of people like him. He's extremely over. He was extremely over in this match. You know, but holy shit, is he good. And I think Leo Rush being like a mouthpiece for him, because, you know, Dante's only talked like a couple times. He's got some decent promos, but Leo Rush, you know, can really get under the skin of fans, you know, like how, he, you know, he's um, kind of like in WWE, like how he was arrogant with Bobby Lashley. Like, like he can really get under the fan skin when he was screaming Lashley, Lashley, and people were getting pissed. That's what he could be like for Dante. It was not going to scream Dante, Dante. That just doesn't really, doesn't fit well, but um, no. Because I feel like Leo's going to turn Dante heel. You know, actually, he might turn him heel. Who knows? Like, I don't know if they're going to break up top flight that quickly. But if they see Dante as a top star in this company, which I think he's going to be, they might, or maybe Darius will turn heel as well. You know, have a, 
uh, heel trio right there of Leo, Dante, and Darius, you know, when Darius comes back. Which I wouldn't mind seeing. That's fine by me. I'm down. I'm down to see it. It's new. It's creative. It's fresh. I wouldn't mind seeing it. You know, because especially if they're going to add in trios, titles in the future, I wouldn't mind it. I wouldn't mind it at all. But, um... Oh, my God. It looked like Dante did hurt himself. Um, it looked like he hurt his kneecap when he did, like, the splash on fucking Malachi. But thank God he was okay. I was like, it looked pretty nasty. But he was selling it very well. And then, like, he was going back on the top rope again. And Leo's like, no, no, don't do that. And then he missed Malachi. And then Malachi knocked him out with the black mass. And the way Dante sold it was just perfect. That's the way he sold it the week before. He knows how to sell this kid. He really knows how to sell. That was really good. And Malachi beat him one, two, three, and that was it. So Malachi Black gets the win to start off Dynamite. He's still undefeated. And he gave a head nod to Leo. Not to Leo. He gave a head nod to uh, Dante Martin after the match. You know, because Malachi was walking off. He was on the stage. He turned back. And he gave a head nod to Dante, like kind of like a good job kid or... Like a sign of respect right there. I was like, oh, okay. That was that was good. I mean, Dante gave him a run for his money. He absolutely did. And soon, sooner than later, Dante's going to start getting some more wins on his belt here on Dynamite. Because most of his wins have come on, uh, ran- uh, not Rampage, excuse me, a Dark and Dark Elevation. So soon he'll be getting his wins on Dynamite and especially Rampage as well. Because he is fucking good. But what a match to start off Dynamite. What a match right here. That was really fun. That was really, really fun. Just a great way, a great way to start off the show. Just a great way. Like I said, when he sold that black mask right there, I was like, Jesus. Just the way he went down and just sold it was just picture perfect is what it was. It's like things you love to see and that's that. You love to see that. Because, you know, a lot of the young wrestlers nowadays, they really don't, you know, sell as much like that. But Dante, he sold like a veteran. Absolutely did. But then we got back from commercial. We did see the elite attack Jurassic Express. I was like, oh, shit, okay. I was like, I guess this feud is still going on right here. You know, they got attacked. And they did a powerbomb correctly. To the Luchasaurus, Kenny and the uh, Young Bucks through the table. So they did it correctly this time. They took out Jungle Boy. So we know this isn't done. But now we do get to the uh, next segment. Between the Inner Circle. Now the Inner Circle is now reunited. The Inner Circle hasn't been together in months. It's like June. That was the last time they were all together. But now finally they are back together. About time. And Santana was cutting a nice promo saying, like, you know, even Ortiz has been taking care of business for weeks. Then once he mentioned America Top Team, here they came. Dan Lambert and America Top Team, the men of the year, they all came out. <laughs> and Jericho was like, hey, guys, the fat-faced dipshit Dan Lambert. And then Chris Jericho went right after Paige Van Sled. Is that how you say her last name now? Van Sled, I believe that's how you say her last name. And oh, my God. It's almost like deja vu. It felt like when Jericho used to roast Stephanie McMahon. 
when he roasted Paige right there. I was like, holy shit. Say, so, you know, you've been around, you've been like around the inner circle a lot recently. Like, are you trying to get with Le Champion? Are you trying to slide into Le Champion's DMs? And he said, I wouldn't even touch you with your husband's genitalia. I was like, holy shit. God damn. And he's like, you've been taking selfies of us recently. Like, what, do you, what filter do you use on Instagram? Judo and something else? Bimbo or bitch? And I was like, holy fuck right here. Damn. Just going right after her. I was like, sheesh. Oh, my God. Now she knows what it feels like to be like Stephanie McMahon back in the past where Jericho just used to destroy all the time. Well, I mean, that was a different era. Like, if Jericho was saying something about, you know, something else, you know, ugh. You know, like the balloons when he said that Stephen McMahon that one time. Oh, my God. You go back to 2001. They did not hold back back then, but holy shit. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. That was insane. You know, and then Jericho mentioned that, you know, he wants a 10-man tag, or they all want a 10-man tag team match against America Top Team. And then Dan Lambert said, you know, the men of the year have better goals on their mind that involves championships. And since Sammy Guevara is the only one with a championship, he has the stroke around here to get the match because he's a champion. So that makes sense. And he's like, you know, you'll get this 10-man tag team match if you agree to our terms, but I'm not going to do it here. I'm going to announce it next week because, you know, the America top team is from Florida or from Miami, based in Miami. And they were booing the hell out of them. And Dan Lambert's like, I'm not going to do it for these ungrateful trash balls here in Miami. A place I used to call home. You know, we'll see you next week. And Sammy Guevara mentioned they'll kick all their asses. We know we're going to get this match. We know we're going to get the Inner Circle versus America Top Team at full gear. Which I'm totally down for. You know, this feud actually has turned out to be pretty good. Because when this feud started, because I was there when it started last month in Jersey, the Prudential Center... You know, the week before uh, Dynamite Grand Slam. I thought to myself, okay, this feud could be good. You know, I'll give it a chance. I didn't, I didn't think it was going to be good. I'm like, all right, let's hope it is. And it's turned out to be good. It's turned out to be very good. So, you know, it's a mid-card feud. And they've made it like a top-card kind of feud. It's pretty good. It's been very interesting. It helps out the UFC, too, because their names get dropped a lot. So that's, that's not bad right there. But no, I mean, it's been a good feud so far. I'm enjoying it. I'm really enjoying it. But now we get to the AAA Tag Team title match between the AAA World Tag Team Champions, the Lucha Bros, Penta Esero Miedo, and Ray Phoenix versus, I don't know, how did they say this? Like they said, like, a Frogs in Spanish, like, last something. I, I, I don't know Frogs in Spanish. I wasn't really paying attention. But, um... We all know. We all knew who the the masked men were. It was supposed to be a masked tag team, you know. It's close friends with Andrade El Idolo, and during the match right there, the mask got ripped off, and it's FTR, Dax Harwood, Cash Wheeler. I knew it at first, because when they got in the ring, I was like, "Is that FTR?" You know, and I posted on Twitter, and people were saying yes. I'm like, I fucking knew it. I knew it was them. You could tell it was them. It's not, it wasn't really hard to tell, but it, you see, this is what I love about AEW. They don't insult the audience's t- intelligence. Like CM Punk was like, you know, that's FTR, right? Like, <laughs> if you were watching the other program, 
they'd be like, what? That's them? I mean, you could tell it's them. See, that's why, that's why I love about it. They don't insult the audience's intelligence. That's what I love about it. Because you shouldn't. These are people that are watching. You don't want to insult their intelligence. That's stupid. Even though, like, Vince Russo was talking about that, like, on Dark Side of the Ring, like, a year or two ago. You don't want to insult their intelligence. Well, you did plenty of times, Russo, so... You should be the last one talking about intelligence, because you don't have that at all, buddy. I'm just saying. But, um, no, this match turned out to be good, though, because I knew it was FTR. I kind of had a feeling they were going to do something with FTR. Because they do have a win over the Lucha Bros. They beat them at Fight for the Fallen last year. So they have a win against them. So they should rightfully get a tag team title shot. They never got their rematch. And this is for the AAA title. It wasn't for the uh, AEW World Tag title. So I'm like, all right. This is pretty cool right here. Yeah, the match was great. Ray Phoenix, when he did that double drop kick on fucking both members of FTR, I was like, holy cow. He, he's, like, he's like a superhero come to life. He really is. Like, what the fuck? The shit that he does. No normal man should be doing it every week. It's like, it's like you would see it once in a while. But he does this every week. It's like, holy shit. Like, how does he do this? My God. I really hope he becomes world champion in the future, Ray Phoenix. Because he would draw a lot. With the matches he would put on. Oh, my gosh. Or even TNT champion. That's fine by me, too. Oh, no. Him versus Guevara. Oh. Oh, my God. Of course, people say, I'll be a bunch of flippy shit. Um... I mean, I'm sure the most part of it, yeah, but the storytelling will be fucking awesome. So what are you talking about? <laughs> okay. But we did see uh, Cash Wheeler grab one of the championships he had underneath the ring. Tried to hit right, tried, excuse me, tried to hit Penta with it. He missed Penta, super kicked the shit out of him. I was like, Jesus. They took out each other right there. And then Ray Phoenix and Dax Harwood going at it. And fucking Ray Phoenix, when he does that little, like, spin on the rope right there, he did it twice. He connected the second time. And after he did, here came Tully Blanchard. He got involved. Cash Wheeler threw the championship in the ring. Dax Hall was grabbed. He grabbed it. Ray Phoenix was going for a backflip off the top rope. And Dax Hall knocked him out with the championship right there in midair. And then hit Ray Phoenix with a brain buster. One, two, three. FTR, Dax Harwood, and Cash Wheeler are the new AAA World Tag Team Champions. And I was like, Wow. So that's going to be pretty interesting, though, seeing FTR in Mexico wrestle. That will actually be really interesting. That gives them something to do right there. That's actually really cool. And then little to the gimmick, no flips, just fists. They didn't do any flips right there, just fists. But, no, it was a really good match, really fun match. They, they both put on a, a great match back at uh, Fight for the Fallen last year. So FTR is now 2-0 against the Lucha Bros. So now they deserve, a, you know, an AEW World Tag Team title shot. So now when you think of it, is FTR, are they going to become the World Tag Team Champions again? They might. Because their reign lasted... Their reign that they had was too short. It was like two months. But then you think of it, okay, if the Lucha Bros face FTR at full gear, like what, they're going to have a tag team title run of two months? Yeah, what's fair is fair. But we'll see what happens. At least FTR gets to see them wrestle in Mexico. That'll be interesting. They get to see FTR versus the Lucha Bros in Mexico. That'll be... I'll imagine the heat they'll get if they beat the Lucha Bros in their own home country. That would be awesome. But no, great match right there. Of course, it had a screwy finish, but you know, it is what it is. Great fucking match. And FTR is the new AAA World Tag Team Champions. Like I said, them wrestling in Mexico would be very interesting. Very interesting to see. And we came back from commercial. We did see Tony Schiavone. 
he was like in the stairwell trying to interview FTR. Like, you guys are trying to run away. And then fucking MJF came in all hugging FTR and everything. They walked off. And then MJF, you know, wanted the money from Andrade El Idolo because they made a deal. So got in the envelope right there. They hugged. And MJF said this is only a one-time thing right here. And Andrade said yes. So they made a deal right there. I was like, okay, that makes sense right there. MJF and Andrade El Idolo made a deal. That's okay. Well, listen, they're both heels, so they can make deals right there. That's fine. And that was something. But now we do get to the next match right here. It was a very short match between John Moxley and Wheel Yuta. And when they announced this match, I thought to myself, okay, you know, this could be, this could be a decent match right here. Wheel Yuta's talented. You know, he's another young wrestler that's got a whole lot of talent. You know, let's see how he does. He got fucking destroyed by Moxley. And I think this is where John Moxley is going to turn heel. You know, because you could say, like, John Moxley's getting frustrated right now. Because, you know... Well, even though he has been winning, like, here and there, especially, you know, against, like, um... When he beat Kojima at All Out. So, Mox hasn't been doing a lot of losing, you know. But I think he's going to be turning heel. That's what it looks like, because he destroyed Willie. He was punching him, punching him, flipped him, and then... Knocked out the paradigm shift. It was a nasty one. He just walked off after that. Pinned him one, two, three. Got out of the ring. Just walked off. He got in Bryce Rensburg's face when he told him to, like, calm down. I mean, some people say, oh, Mox looked, like, real-life pissed off. I mean, he's playing the character. He's not real-life pissed off. Like, yeah, he's going to go in the ring and just squash him like that. Like, come on. Seriously. It's, it's the seeds have been planted for John Moxley to turn heel. Which I'm absolutely fine with. Because his face character, it's, it, it's not like that hasn't gotten stale. It's like he needs something new right here. And to be honest now, with him in AEW turning heel, they'll do a whole lot, he'll do a whole lot better as a heel in AEW. Because when he started off as a heel in WWE with the Shield, that was good. But then when he turned heel in 2018, it was the wrong time and the wrong place. You know, when Roman Reigns announced that he has cancer, you know... For him to turn heel, Moxer, who's Ambrose at the time, I mean, you could say, oh, that's good heat. I mean, people didn't like it that much. That wasn't really good. That was the wrong place. That was bad timing if you wanted to do that. That was really bad timing. You know what I mean? Because a lot of people, and I think everybody should take, you know, cancer's very sensitive subjects. You know, a lot of people make jokes and everything. People do that because they're sick and disgusting. You know, when I look back on it, I was like, oh, my God, they really just did that. I mean, you could say it's it's good to get, like, good heel heat out of him. I mean, but he really didn't. People were just like, really? They just, they just, you know, it just didn't sit right with a lot of people. It wasn't good heat. It was bad timing. It was bad timing right there. But I think Mox, like John Moxley as a heel here in AEW, he could do really good. Like what he did to Wheelie Yuta, you, start, you see him starting to do that to everybody else. Like, a lot of, like, the lower card kind of guys. He could draw a lot of heat from doing that. I mean, I don't think he's going to become world champion for a while. He'll become world champion again, just not now. Like, who knows? He might go after the TNT title in the future. Because there's a lot of contenders out there for the TNT title. You know what I mean? Because it's kind of, like, hard to, like, determine, like, okay, who could Sammy Guevara have a long program with? I mean, him and Mox have some history. You know, the inner circle versus Mox. Mox was chasing after the world title. 
Because they could always do that. Could be like Karma right there, like Guevara. Fucking being with the inner circle, causing Mox some fucking hell right there. And now Mox can really give him hell. Could, they could always do that. They could always do that. I mean, I don't know if they will or they won't, but we'll see. Um, but yeah, seeing Mox destroy Yuta, I was like, shit. Oh my god. You have to do him like that, Mox. Goddamn. But yeah, I'm all for John Moxley turning heel. I absolutely am. If he does, he does. It's the right time to do it. It really is, because, like, where's Mox, like, really going right now? Because him and Eddie Kingston... Uh, I mean... I mean, listen, him and Eddie Kingston have done fine together. But they haven't went after the... Well, they went after the tag team titles once against the Young Bucks, and they failed. But they're not, like, trying to go after the tag team titles again. You know, it's just... It's it, it's something new that Mox has got to do right here. You know what I mean? But now we get to the next match right here between the Super Click, Matt and Nick Jackson, the Young Bucks, and Adam Cole, baby, versus the Dark Order, John Silver, Alex Reynolds, and Evil Uno. And this is where I started smiling during this match. This match was good. This match was very fun to watch. This match was very fun to watch. Very fun. You know, the match didn't start for like a couple minutes. They were all attacking each other outside the ring. John Silverman, this guy has got fucking charisma, man. He's got charisma through the roof. He's got such great energy when he's in the ring. He's fucking great. He is really good. And like I said, for a guy his size, he's built as shit. You know, he's really built for a little guy. He's just got a lot of great energy. He really does. He gets the crowd into it. Fucking love him. He's very over, too. Well, no, this match was great, though. It really was. It was a very fun match to watch. Especially when John Silver went outside the ring. He was uppercutting everybody. And then, I mean, I thought he was going to uppercut Don Callis. It was great to see Don Callis back. But then Matt Jackson knocked him out with a super kick. And, um... And when Adam Cole gave Alex Reynolds that fucking super kick when he was going to fly on all of them, that was pretty good right there, too. But this was definitely, like, the best part of the match. Like getting on like later on the match right here <laughs> when match or excuse me Nick Jackson's fucking shoe came off like Evil Uno ripped it off they ripped off his sock and then he grabbed the sock and he fucking did um he did the Mr. Socko thing that Mick Foley used to do in the past like, holy shit that was pretty nice that was a nice tribute to Mick Foley with Mr. Socko and CM Punk was like is that Mick Foley <laughs> I mean Mick Foley I don't think is under WWE contract, like a Legends contract, I think he's, I don't think he is, so, I'm sure Mick liked that pretty much, I'm sure he did, it's a nice little tribute to him, fucking legend in the business, obviously, biggest sweetheart in the business too, but that was really nice, and then, this is also really fucking funny during the match, when Adam Cole... Like, where he's got you, like, in, like, that... Kind of, like, almost like a Coquina clutch, like, like Miro, like, has. You know what I mean? Not, not the Coquina clutch. Um, like, the accolade, in a way. I mean, I didn't mean, I didn't mean Coquina clutch. That's a whole different submission. Like, the uh, like the accolade, like, Miro does. Except, like, Adam Cole's not, you know, bringing you back. Like, he just has you, like, in the front. He's not, like, trying to contort your back. And the Young Bucks, they run the ropes, and they give him a kiss. It was funny when the Dark Order, fucking uh, Silver and Reynolds... Yanked them out of the ring. And fucking Silver and Reynolds gave Adam Cole the kiss. And I was like, oh, shit. 
That was pretty funny. And then Adam Cole took a fucking beating after that. Oh, my God. He took a fucking beating, but it wasn't enough. It wasn't enough, and the Young Bucks were tired of playing games. Same with Adam Cole, too. They fucking destroyed Alex Reynolds. He was getting super kicked all over the place. Took a Panama Sunrise. Evil Uno and John Silver got super kicked, and the BTE triggered a Reynolds. And then Adam Cole with the boom. One, two, three. The super click gets the win over the Dark Order. Very fun match, though. Very, very fun match. Even though I low-key wanted the Dark Order to win, that would have been really nice if they would have won. You know, that would have been nice if they would have won the Dark Order. That would have been really nice, but we all knew the Super Click was going to win. They're not going to lose the Dark Order. But it was really fun, though. It was a really fun match. And then we did see uh, Jungle Boy come out after the match. It was just him. It was just him by himself. Went right after the Super Click. Got thrown out of the ring, but then he grabbed a chair. The rest of the Super Click fucking ran away. And then Brandon Cutler was the only one in the ring. Nobody came to save him. Jungle Boy took him out, put him in the, the snare trap. Nobody came to save Brandon Cutler. Nobody at all. I was like, shit. You know, but that, but that, was, that was something, though. That was something. And uh, this is also something right here. When good old MJF came out. And he had his fucking ring attire on because him versus Darby Allen was supposed to happen last night. But of course, after Darby Allen got attacked by some suspicious people in ski masks, of course, the match doesn't happen. And then MJF played it off really good. It was funny, like how. Say like Miami's like the city of fucking hookers and gasoline. He's, he's not wrong. He's not wrong. He's calling it mid. See, a lot of people they're not really like catching what he's saying right there. Because a lot of people don't know what mid means. Mid just means like it, it's not good. So we, that's what he's trying to say. You know what I mean? Like he's called, when he calls a city mid, it means it's not good. It's like shit. To be honest, what he's trying to say. But nobody's gonna really understand it. Nobody really does. I really understand what he's saying right there. Of course, I do, but not a lot of people do. Um, but then, yeah, he's telling Darby Allen to come out. And he's like, oh, I guess I did break you mentally because you're not even here. Like, you no-showed me like a gutless coward. And then... And then MJF's like, what? Darby Allen was attacked? I did not know this. And he's like, Shivani, did you know about this? He's like, yeah, of course I did. Oh, my God. And then MJF... Said, you know what, since I care about you people here so much, and you want you guys want to see me in action, let's do it. And then Warlow drags Bryce Rensburg out to the ring, throws him in the ring. He's like, listen, Stripes. Or even before he says, listen, Stripes, he said to fucking Warlow, you know, you made yourself useful there, big man. I was like, oh, okay. He still knows a lot of tension there between Warlow and uh, MJF. They're going to build it up eventually where Warlow's going to turn on him. It's going gonna, gonna to happen. It's bound to happen. It's just, it's definitely bound to happen. And then he told him, listen, Stripes, you better count to 10 right here. And when after you count to 10, you're going to raise my hand. And Bryce Renzo were counting. Once he got to 9, the lights went out, and here came Sting. Sting came out, 
Looked like he was going to go after MJF and Wardlow, or mostly MJF. And then MJF threw Wardlow right into Sting, and Sting hit him with the baseball bat in the midsection, and MJF ran off. And then Sting was telling him to get back in the ring. He even dropped the bat. MJF was coming to the ring, and then he turned back. So, <laughs> MJF's not going to, he's going to do it on his own time right here. So now you think of it, are they going to do Sting versus Wardlow, probably? They might do that. Maybe Sting versus MJF. Maybe MJF gets, maybe he's the one to, to, to beat Sting. Because Sting so far hasn't lost in AEW. Sting's had, uh, how many matches now? Three or three or four? Yeah, four matches. He hasn't lost yet. They've all been tag team matches. He hasn't had a singles match yet. And I hope they don't turn it into like a tag team match for full gear. Just It's got to be Darby versus uh, MJF. No tag team shit, you know. Even though it wouldn't be a bad idea, it would be, you know, be cool, but no. MJF versus Darby's got to happen one-on-one. It's got to. It just has to happen one-on-one. But no, I mean, that was really cool seeing Sting, you know, come to Darby's defenses and everything. That was really cool, so we'll definitely see what happens next week. But then we're backstage, and we saw Anna Jagan interviewed by Tony Schiavone. He was all over the fucking place. You know, talking about the Dark Horse loss. And then here came Dr. Britt Baker, DMD, the AEW Women's World Champion. I'm like, oh, okay. And she was calling the Dark Order losers and said, Anna Jay's a loser and should be nowhere with Ty Conti. And Anna Jay slapped her and they were going at it. It was like a little kind of like brawl between uh, Anna and Britt. And even before that, earlier on the show, I forgot to mention, Serena Deeb and Sheeta went at a little bit. You know, Shivani was interviewing Serena Deeb, like, what's a change of attitude? And Serena Deeb was saying, when I took my sabbatical, you know, all these women, they got too comfortable here in the division. And Sheeta attacked her, and then CM Punk made a nice reference. That's a nice head of hair on uh, Serena Deeb, because, you know, for those who don't know, when Serena Deeb was in the WWE for a little while, she was, you know, Serena. And she joined the Straight Edge Society when she got her um, head shaved. You know, everybody thought she was a fan, but no, she was a wrestler at the time. You know, and after Straight Edge Society, you know, broke up, they just, they got rid of her right away. They didn't give her a chance, to be honest. But look at her now. She was a great NWA Women's World Champion. And she's doing great here in AEW. She's doing really good. So, you know, so that was nice, though. So I get to see those, you know, a couple brawls right there. But now we do get to our first and only women's match of the night between Kira Hogan and Penelope Ford. And this is nothing against these two women. It wasn't the best match of the night, obviously. It was it was the worst match of the night. I mean, it was decent, to be honest. Like, at first, it was pretty sloppy. It was, you know, I was like, oh, this is kind of boring. But the best match of the night was definitely... I would have to say the trios match between the Super Click and the Dark Order. But this match right here... Like I said, it was the worst match of the night, but it wasn't terrible. I'm not trying to make it seem like it was terrible. Like, it was just... It was decent. In the end, it was decent because it just started off sloppy. And Kira Hogan, you know... She's she's okay, to be honest. You know, I, I, don't, I didn't watch TNA when she was there. So, I know she's more of a tag team wrestler. So, she's starting to get into, like, you know, singles competition. So, I understand it. But when they came back from commercial break, the match started to pick up. I was like, okay, you know, they did a nice, she did a nice suplex to Penelope Ford off the top rope, and then she did a nice drop kick on her. I was like, okay, now it's starting to pick up right here. This is getting good. All right, now you got me interested. And, you know, 
Um, but then Penelope Ford took over right there, hit her with a stunner. And then Kira Hogan was able to take her down. It was funny like how CM Punk, when the match started, he was like, does Kira Hogan have any relations to, you know who he was referencing to? And he hates Hulk Hogan, CM Punk. He hates him. Called him a piece of shit. He hates him. He doesn't hold back right there. Why should he? Why should he hold back for? You know, he's allowed to say what he wants right there. <laughs> and believe me, don't get me started on Hogan for what he did with TNA. Don't get me started there. You know, oh my gosh. I, I gotta like warn people about that. If they start talking about TNA, I'll be like, if you bring up Hogan and Bischoff, don't get me started. Because I'll be, we'll be here all day. I'll be talking to like 2 in the morning about this shit. <laughs> I'll be talking to myself because you would have already left. <laughs> but then Penelope Ford did that nice move. She does like um, on the ropes right there. Took out uh, Kira Hogan with a cutter and then put her in the Moodle lock. Got her to tap out. And Penelope Ford gets the win. And like I said, over time, like I mentioned in the Rampage review, over time, Penelope Ford has improved. And this match was decent. Like, Kira Hogan, you know, I'm not a fan of her just yet. Like I said, it was the match started off sloppy, but in the end, it picked up, which was good. And Kira Hogan did some pretty cool moves. So, it picked up. You know, maybe in a couple months, if Kira Hogan starts having more matches on Dynamite, or especially Rampage, then I'll be like, okay, you know what? Maybe, maybe she's not that bad. If her matches are good, obviously. If they're, like, if they're just sloppy... And then it picks up. It can't be like that. It's got to be either or. It can't be just sloppy in the beginning every time. And then it starts to pick up. Or it's great in the beginning. And then the end it gets sloppy. You know, I know she's trying to prove herself. She's trying to prove herself that she's a singles competitor now. She doesn't want to be a tag team wrestler. She's a singles wrestler now. But then after the match, we did see Ruby Soho. We did see Ruby Soho come out and attack Penelope Ford. And she took her out through outside the ring. You know, and, th- and I'm looking forward to... I'm looking forward to if they do Penelope Ford versus Ruby Soho. I think that'll be a good match. But now we get to our next segment right here. Hangman Adam Page. Number one contender for the AEW World title, and it is official. He is facing the AEW World Champion Kenny Omega for the AEW World title at full gear. That was made official already. Oh, man, I can't wait. Can't wait. So he came out and Shivani interviewed him. Actually, no, before I forgot to mention, like, they showed a video package of Miro. And he was, like, I guess he was talking to God. <laughs> I guess, like, saying, like, God betrayed him. I-, I guess he was trying to say... You know, and I thought Miro was hurt, but I guess not. I guess they wanted to give the title to Sammy. I guess I felt like it was Sammy's time. You know what? They did make the right call, though. They did. Even though Miro was on a good run, it doesn't change anything of what a dominant run Miro was on. You know, maybe he'll start focusing on the world title. Who knows? They might start doing that now. Could start doing that. Who knows? But then Hangman and Paige, like I said, came out. Survivor's interviewing him. And then Hangman was talking about, like, how him and his friends, you know, the elite, like, you know, came here, started AEW, looking to, you know, change the wrestling business, and they absolutely have. You know, and over time, everybody changed. And Hangman even said himself, he's changed as well. You know... 
He told everybody he was going to be the first AEW World Champion. He was going to beat Chris Jericho, and he failed. And then he lost the pack. But then him and Kenny Omega had a really good AEW World Tag Team title run. And they beat everybody in their pants except for FTR, of course. But, um, but yeah. But then Hangman was talking about, you know, like, cowboy shit, you know. And I was, like, referencing, like, to him and Kenny, you know, teaming up. You know, and, of course, Hangman, congratulations on him and his wife giving birth to a baby boy. Congratulations. You know, and he was saying that you guys still believe in me. Or it looks like you guys still believe in me. And for the first time in my life, I do too. So now Hangman believes in himself. He's not, you know, he's got his confidence back. Because he said he lost his confidence, but now he's got that back. And that's great. That's great going in the match against Kenny. And then Hangman made a promise. He didn't make a promise that he's going to win the AW World title, but he did promise he's going to give us everything. He's going to give us his blood, his sweat, every fiber in his being, and maybe even his tears. But I promise you guys I will give you cowboy shit. And that was a really good promo from Hangman right there. Like The story that him and Kenny have had has been great. And Kenny and the Elite, didn't, they didn't come out at all. They stayed away from Hangman. They didn't cross paths at all. I'm sure, like, next week they will because eventually they got us. So they protected it very well because you got to protect this match. This is the money match right here. This is Hangman's time. This is Hangman's time right here. And I'm going to be standing up the whole fucking match between uh, Hangman and Kenny. I'm going to be standing the fuck up. I'm going to be so fucking happy. If Hangman wins the belt, because you never know. They could pull something and Kenny could retain. You just never know. But this is Hangman's time right here. It's this time. We'll talk about what's going to happen on Rampage and next week's Dynamite. After we talk about the main event. Because here is the main event. Brian Danielson versus Bobby Fish. And like I did mention, that most likely this will be the main event. And it was. And you know what? It was a good main event, to be honest. Like, am I a fan of Bobby Fish? No, to be honest, I'm really not. Like, I don't think he's that great, Bobby Fish, but Brian Danielson made him look made him look good in this match, obviously. And it was nice to see Brian Danielson actually main event Dynamite. This is his first time he got to main event, so this is really cool right here. And they put on a good match. It was more of like, you know, a technical kind of match, which I enjoy, you know, especially seeing Brian Danielson do the fucking Tope Suicida Onto fucking Bobby Fish. That was really cool. And they were going after each other's legs. They were beating the shit out of each other. Trying to wear each other down. And I'm sure Brian Danielson had to be, you know, a little bit tired after his uh, <laughs> after his barn burn with fucking Minoru Suzuki the night before. I'm like, holy shit. Those two tore it up. But uh, this match was good, though. And I really popped for the fucking... Um, was like that that corkscrew like move that Bobby Fish does off the top rope, like what he did to Guevara last week. That was really cool. See that off Brian Daniels. I was like, damn, damn. And after that didn't work, Bobby Fish tried again to tap out. That didn't work right there. When you're facing one of the greatest submission wrestlers of all time, Brian Danielson, you better make him tap out. You better be better than him. You better be better than him. But Brian Danielson got him into a submission. He got him into a submission move, and he was really tearing 
and tearing at Bobby Fish's fucking ankle. And he got him to tap out. And Brian Danielson gets the victory here in the main event with Bobby Fish. And I wanted to mention something real quick. Because this is uh, from my ALCS and NLCS predictions. I actually forgot the Atlanta Braves had home advantage because they won the NLE. So I wanted to apologize for that. And like how I said, you know, Game 7 would be in L.A. But Game 7, because I predicted Braves in 7, we all know Game 7 will be in Atlanta. And I know that now. Because when I looked at the, the, uh, the game, I was like, oh, I forgot Atlanta won the division. I thought because the Dodgers had a better record, you know, I forgot about the Braves winning the division. So I wanted to apologize for that real quick. So it will go to seven, but game seven will be in Atlanta. It won't be in L.A., obviously. But I know that now. But a good main event to a really crazy Dynamite. Dynamite was absolutely insane. Really enjoyed the show. It was awesome. It was an awesome show. And they did release the bracket for the World Title Eliminator Tournament. So here's here are the competitors in this tournament. We have Dark Order's number 10 versus John Moxley. We got Freshly Squeezed Orange Cassidy versus Powerhouse Hobbs. We got Dustin Rhodes, a natural, versus the American Dragon, Brian Danielson. And we got the Murderhawk Monster, Lance Archer versus Eddie Kingston. So now we look to Rampage, and the tournament, to be honest, before we talk about Rampage, the tournament, in my opinion, it protects a lot of guys, because a lot of people wanted CM Punk to be in it, or Adam Cole, but they can't afford to take losses. Because I'm going to predict, I predict the finals will be Mox versus um, Brian Danielson. That's my prediction. You know, maybe it'll be Eddie Kingston versus uh, John Moxley. That could happen. A rematch from Full Gear last year. But I don't think they're going to do that. So my prediction will be Brian Danielson versus John Moxley. And it's kind of tough to predict that one right there because, like, of course, whoever wins gets an AEW World Title shot. So is Brian Danielson going to get the World Title shot now? Is he going to get it against most likely Hangman? Or are we going to see heel John Moxley and he'll knock off Brian Danielson? He'll hand Brian Danielson his first loss. They might do that. And right now I'm leaning towards like predicting Mox will win the tournament. And like the whole thing. That's what I'm leaning towards right now. But now we do look to uh, Rampage for next week. We've got the AEW Women's World Champion, Dr. Britt Baker, DMD versus Anna J. And what I think is going to happen is Britt Baker's going to win. And after that, she'll beat up Anna J. And then Ty Conti will come out and it'll lead to Britt Baker versus Ty Conti at full gear for the AEW Women's World title. Which I'm down for. We're also going to get our first match here in the Eliminator Tournament between Powerhouse Hobbs and Orange Cassidy, and I'm praying Powerhouse Hobbs wins. Because here's the thing. If Orange Cassidy beats Powerhouse Hobbs, that makes Powerhouse look very weak. Even though he did beat Powerhouse Hobbs when he was Will Hobbs back on AEW Dark, he squashed him, actually, in 13 seconds with the Orange Punch. But you got to have Powerhouse Hobbs win this one because he... Because if he loses to Cassidy, he kind of loses, like, all credibility. Like, he's a big man. He's got to win this one right here. But then you could say, okay, he'll just lose to John Moxley in the next round. Because Moxley's facing Dark Horse number 10. But you could say, nobody's really going to get pissed if he loses to Moxley. People can kind of understand that. But if he gets eliminated by Cassidy, uh, I mean, people love Orange Cassidy. We have to look back on it and say, really? 
So I'm hoping Power Sob is not like squashes Orange Cassidy. But I just hope he just beats him. To be honest, it's kind of showing like what he can't beat smaller guys. Like, come on, he should be running them over. You know what I mean? And like I said, if he, which most likely he would lose to Moxley in the next round, nobody's really gonna get mad because it's expected and everything. And Moxley is a fucking tough son of a bitch. He's not a little guy. It's not like Orange Cassidy or Darby Allen size. So you can understand it. Be like, okay, at least Power Sobs got a little bit far. That's fine. That's perfectly fine. So, and also we know we're going to get Pac versus Andrade El Idolo. And I forgot to mention this here on Dynamite. This is a match that's happening next week. Next week we're getting Malachi Black versus Cody Rhodes, number three. Because Arn Anderson and Cody Rhodes, they were together going to the uh, was it the Nightmare Factory. And um, all the students right there, Lee Johnson, Brock Anderson, Red Velvet, and Kylan King were there. <laughs> Lee Johnson's like, what's up, Big Hollywood? And Brock Anderson's like, oh, it's good you're here now. And then Red Velvet fucking slapped him. And then they were doing training in the ring. Cody Rhodes, you know, he was doing good at first, but they took his eye off the ball, and Brock Anderson knocked him down. And all the other students went after him. Kylan King even slapped him. And Orrin Anderson got in the ring and showed a picture of him and uh, Dusty Rhodes wrestling. And he said to uh, Cody, you know, you never want to let the kids down. You think 30 years ago when your father put 30 stitches in my head, you think he was going to let the kids down? No. Or, or the kids were saying, like, oh, my God, he's going to put... 30 stitches in Arn Anderson. Arn Anderson said he deserved it. He had it coming. And he told Cody, Malachi Black has it coming. So what I think is going to happen is Malachi is going to win again. And this is where Cody finally snaps. And he finally turns heel. Like Arn Anderson will get in the ring. And Cody will start beating the shit out of him. And, you know, Brock Anderson will come in. Maybe Cody walks off. Maybe he beats him up. And it sets up Cody Rhodes versus Brock Anderson. Because Malachi can't lose. He can't. So, I'm pretty sure he'll win. And then the other two matches that have been announced for next Saturday, we got Lance Archer versus Eddie Kingston, the World Title Eliminator Tournament, and Dustin Rhodes versus Brian Danderson in the World Title Eliminator Tournament. All right, guys. I hope you guys enjoy this episode right here. Enjoy the rest of your day. I'll talk to you guys tomorrow, like early in the afternoon. To review my Dallas Cowboys versus the New England Patriots. Enjoy the rest of your day, guys. Enjoy the rest of your day, guys. You guys are amazing. Thank you for listening. And I'll talk to you guys tomorrow.